I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. We're recording super early today. It's like eight o'clock in the morning for me. Well, early for you, which which does mean it's probably a little too early for any candy or wine. I'm I guessing. Do, I do have cookies and coffee, so that's more appropriate right. <laughs> for the morning, especially for eight. Maybe at nine, it would be different. <laughs> so we are recording early, and I bring this up because we have a special guest this week, all the way from Ireland. Yay, she's dancing. <laughs> no, I'm I'm pretty pumped about this one. I think we're gonna have we're gonna have a nice little ride today. We are indeed. So riding with us today, we have Joanne Murphy. Um, and she's an Ironman race announcer, a podcast host. Joanne, what's your podcast called? Uh, Try Talking Sport. Try Talking Sport. Okay. And and well, we'll ask you later where people can find it. And she's also an ice swimmer and a whiskey drinking cyclist. Have have we covered most of the basics? I think so. Yeah. Oh, you forgot my job. I'm an announcer. Oh yeah. Did I say that? Oh yeah. She's you're an Ironman race announcer and you announce other sports too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Joanne, like this morning, you're, there's like chaos in your house. <laughs> um, yes, there was. Yeah. So um, at the moment in Ireland, we're in level five COVID restrictions, which means that we pretty much can't go anywhere or we shouldn't go anywhere unless it's an essential journey. So my sister is now working from home as of today. So she has decided that working from home means working from my house. Um, So we set her up in my kitchen with her laptop and everything. So we had to do the IT side of things, which I am not a fan of. Um, So that was all fine. We got her set up and we got the Wi-Fi sorted. I left her here. I went for a swim. I came home, went to sit at my own laptop to do a a little bit of work and boom, the Wi-Fi is gone. I thought, what is going on? The internet is down. Turns out that all the fuses in the sockets in my sitting room and all the sockets upstairs have blown. So I am, yeah, I didn't have Wi-Fi for maybe an hour waiting for the electrician to call over to try and fix the sockets. So it was a little bit stressful. No shower, no hair wash after the swim today. Freezing cold, hot water bottles and a little bit of heating on. But it's fine. These are the things that make us stronger. Managed to um, put extension leads running from my uh, Wi-Fi router into uh, another extension lead, which now runs upstairs. And uh, yeah, we've, we've, we got it sorted. Everything is sorted. Just waiting for the electrician to call over. But here, here's the big question. Are you going to give her the bill for the electrician? Oh, 110%. (laughs) That's the correct answer. (laughs) I'm going to charge her for all the lights that were on, the laptop, the mobile phone charging. Uh, She actually only wants to be here because I've got a nice coffee machine. Um, So I think she might've drank eight cups of coffee while she was here as well. So, you know, I'm going to charge her every time she has coffee as well. (laughs) I'm such a good sister. (laughs) And of course, the technology consultant role that I played for half of the day today. Mm. Yeah. Very important. Mm-hmm. Big bill for that one. Joanne, I'm trying to remember how we how we found you. So I think I remember you being on the Iron Women podcast. I actually remember, I think it was Haley Chura who said, who like wrote in our, you know, our Slack channel, 
did you guys know there's a female Iron Man announcer? Like, like let's find her. Let's talk to her. I, I a unicorn. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, a, a, like a female announcer living on the west coast of Ireland. You couldn't get any further from like the action in Europe or the action in the States <laughs> or from like the Southern Hemisphere. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I think it was... Um, Iron Man uh, 70.3 Dunleary back in 2019 and I say 2019 because I ended up at the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit where I met both of you mm-hmm. uh, in 2019 it was 20 2019 yeah it was trying god you get confused um so I posted up a picture on my social media on the morning of the Ironman 70.3 Dunleary and I don't know did I tag women for try or iron women or I don't know what anyway it was some hashtag caught the attention of maybe Hayley or um was it Ashley or Lindsay or somebody I'm not sure but the next thing I got all these um likes coming in on my social and I was like god outspoken women in summit outspoken women in chat on someone I was like okay so what's going on with these guys anyway turned out that um I think it was Haley uh, came across me and I ended up doing a piece on the iron women podcast uh, and then I ended up with the outspoken women in tri summit now I might have my years wrong it might have been 2018 or 20 I think it was 2019 it was 2019 yeah, yeah it was our was, second yeah. year and, yes yeah. that was it yeah yeah, yeah. so and, and I had seen the summit the year before but was like god I'll never ever get to that and it just all kind of snowballed it was amazing yeah it was amazing I mean I, I think it was actually Alicia who does our communications for that's who it was right I want to give her credit because I know she listens to the podcast I think she Hi, Alicia, sourced, thank she you. Found you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly she talent ID'd you and <laughs> and ever since and I still she have social those- media stalked me Sarah <laughs> that's how and she told us all about you and that's how we ended up like everybody just like boom 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 sort of following um I, I still have the you know like the, the socks that you gave me with the oh the Irish photos. socks yeah the Irish socks <laughs> and I think of you every time I mean, she, Joanne brought me Sarah Joanne brought me socks for like not just me she brought she brought our team socks from Ireland so, that's yeah. so awesome yeah now every time I put them on <laughs> totally okay let's take a break and we're going to come back we're going to talk to Joanne about oh we had a voicemail yay and we're going to talk about how sport has changed us how she got into race commentary and of course I rock because hey Sarah have you seen those new form smart swim goggles you know the ones that have the display right on the goggle so you can see like in real time how fast you're going and your heart rate and stuff yeah, I have seen them, and I'm really interested because they just added a an open water feature, which is terrific because you can go from the pool to open water and still be able to have those same metrics as you swim. Yeah, I mean, knowing how fast you're going in open water in real time is um, totally amazing. So I think it's going to revolutionize swim training. Absolutely. And if they add like a, a loon detection device to it, I'm sold. Done. Hi, Sarah and Sarah. This is Jess. I'm calling from Hamilton, Ontario, about uh, how sport has changed my life and how I think. So the first thing that came to mind when Sarah mentioned her few few seconds of uh, bike crash experience was my own crash experience. Um, Also going down a hill at speed and making a quick turn I had to go wider than expected and 
kind of saw that I was going to hit a guardrail. Um, and in the couple seconds before, and then when I started flying through the air, I just thought, like, well, this is going to be fun. I'm never going to get to do this again. It's kind of like a roller coaster. And I think, like, looking back, it was just, all right, well, that's kind of a cool experience that I never want to do again. But um, I got to enjoy a part of it, at least. And I think that could relate to being in the moment and um, taking the time to experience the moment, perhaps. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if I'm reaching too hard for that, but at least I enjoyed it, a part of it. And another more concrete time that sport has changed my life is um, thinking back when I was in school, I used to think I hated writing. I would just choose all the exams, or the courses with exams, and then cram, and then be done with it. Um, but then after training for triathlon, and a coach mentioned um, that it was time on task, that no matter how big the goal is, you just need to keep working on it, and then eventually you'll get there. Um, I started relating that to the writing that I need to do in work and just learned that it doesn't, things don't need to get done right away, that I just keep working at it, keep doing a little something, and then that all will add up. And now I actually really enjoy writing. And I rock because I've decided that I probably am going to be doing a PhD, which is so exciting because I've thought about it for probably a decade. Um, I haven't started anything, but it's going to happen sometime. Wow. That voicemail. I mean, there were highs, there were lows. It was, it was a little roller coaster, much like your fly through the air. I was not expecting that at all. Um, <laughs> thank you for the voicemail and for keeping me on the edge of my seat there. I'm surprised Jess is still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I was listening to it, I was like, first of all, thinking, okay, she's relating to mine from weeks ago, thinking that, you know, the next weeks are going to bring opportunity as I fly through the air off my bike. And then hearing that echoed back to me, I was like, oh, wait, are we just like, are we too, is it possible to be too optimistic? Like, do, do Jess and I need to dial it back? <laughs> All, all I, I had just had like a cartoon image of somebody flying through the air at their bike kit and just like, wee across the top of it. <laughs> we don't know what happened when she hit the guardrail. All we know is that for a split second, it was like flying and the trip of her life. So yeah, that possibly too optimistic. Hopefully, you know, things weren't too bad afterwards. Um, but I, I do love, I do love that positive take on what could have been a pretty bad situation. Totally. Well, she might have damaged her brain, though, if she decided from all of the writing afterwards that she went on to do a PhD. So I mean, damaged her brain in a good way, in a positive way. You know, it might have hit some part of her cerebral brain that was like, hey, hang on a second, I can actually write here. Um, so, yeah, fair play, Jess. I think you're amazing. Good luck with the PhD. Awesome. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. She was um, right that it turned out to be a good thing. 
Um, Joanne, so the, the segment that, that started that voicemail was when Sarah and I were talking about how sport has sort of changed us or how we use the lessons we learned in sport for, um, for other, like to, in life in general. Um, are there ways that you, first of all, you're, I, I have ice swimming written on, but you're an open water swimmer, am I right? Well, I'm only a recent ocean, ocean water, oh, oh, I can't even talk. I'm only a recent open water swimmer. That's like a tongue twister. Um, yeah, so I kind of got stuck into swimming after our first lockdown in Ireland back at the end of um, kind of the start of June last year but I would have swam in the bay a little bit here in Galway but really I suppose I was a triathlete before I ever became a cyclist and now I suppose I class myself as a swimmer I never ever 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 was a swimmer like it is my weakest discipline I hated it I hated having to get out of bed early to go to the pool I hated it the only good thing about being able to swim and doing an early session was I felt like I could eat all around me all day long because I had burned so many calories it's the only reason I swam really but that has obviously all changed now I'm much more mature <laughs> with regards to my swimming and my sport um but yeah so triathlon first well running kind of basically first then triathlon really for a couple of years and then cycling um was the was a big thing from kind of the end of 2016 until the middle of, of 2018 we had a, a female cycling team the Galway Babes so we have the Irish record for uh, the race around Ireland, a two and a half thousand kilometre race around Ireland for women uh, race. And then we did our four person uh, team. Then we did the Donegal Ultra uh, 555k about six months later because we didn't win the race around Ireland, which we really wanted to do. So we won the Donegal Ultra and took the race record. Then took a little bit of a break uh, from sport, kind of just tipping away, doing my own thing, doing more talking than racing. And then due to COVID, I guess I'm a swimmer now. So in a long answer to your short question, not officially an ice swimmer yet, but I have swam in water temperatures that are lower than what's considered uh, ice swimming. So what's in, in water temperatures that are considered ice swimming? Yeah, so what below is... Below five degrees. Below five degrees, that's considered Whoa. ice swimming. How, how far do people swim in that kind of cold? It really depends. Uh, so in between kind of Christmas and, and the new year, we went out to a lake out in, in County Galway and it was 4.6 degrees and I swam 200 meters. Um, now, technically for ice swimming, you're not allowed to wear any neoprene. You're only allowed to have your, um, your swim cap on. You can't have any neoprene booties or gloves or even a neoprene hat uh, on. Um, but then on Monday here in Galway, it was really, really cold and the water temperature was 3.6 degrees. So I probably, now I did get into water with my booties, just swim togs, my booties, my gloves and my hat. Um, I think I probably only swam maybe 100 meters, but I was in the water for about six minutes. Mm. Like when I say swam, I'm talking front crawls. So you're kind of breaststroking, backstroking, kind of just faffing about uh, in the water and kind of just breathing in the salt air and the just the serenity of the water really and, and the coldness of it. Um, but yeah, so I haven't done an official ice swim yet, but I think I'm going to be pulled along with the collective suffering of the group of swimmers that want to do an ice swim. How, how long does it take to warm up after that? It depends really. Um, so it depends. So today the water temperature was 6.2 degrees. I swam about 250 meters, was in the water for about... 
uh, I think it was eight minutes. Eight is kind of the magic number at the moment in times of, in terms of the water for me. If I go any longer, I'll be really, really cold for too long afterwards. Mm-hmm. But we just get dressed straight away afterwards. We have a towel on the ground. We have our dry robes. We have hot water bottles. We have a hot drink. Put on a woolly hat. You just put on as many layers as possible uh, and just try and get warm as quickly as possible. I, I have been lucky. I haven't suffered from the after drop, the really cold uh, temperature afterwards uh, at all. Um, but I'm very, I suppose, cautious in my approach to the water. Uh, so I swim quite a bit on my own now, as in I'll have somebody on the shore maybe that's there watching if we're in the water for a little bit. But you don't want to be going to the water on your own in that that temperature because you don't know how your body's going to react on any given day. Um, you know, it could sleep, hormones, um, food, if you haven't eaten, they can all affect how your body reacts to the cold water. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I, I'd assume it's getting easier. Yeah, like today I was kind of shocked that I was able to swim for as long as I did uh, within the time limit that I had set myself because you have to remember your face isn't covered. So it's like having the dentist at your face and you're totally numb, your nose, your head, your face, your jaw, everything. So keeping your face in the water for 250 meters is actually quite a long time and so I wasn't worried about the rest of my body now I, we do have what we call the black rock tan which is when your skin is like ridiculously pink like it could be 40 shades of pink on your skin from the cold water um so yeah it's it's all it's all good it's so all tell good. me so what is it that you enjoy about this I'm not really too sure <laughs> Do you know what it is? I, I think, especially during COVID, and I'll come back to your, your question there, I think, which you were trying to get to with me about how sport has changed me or how sport has affected me. Um, I think it gives me a sense of purpose every day. So I haven't worked an audience, a live audience with people since the 8th of March, 2020. So with COVID, you kind of lose that sense of purpose if you're not technically working. Now, I've been really busy with the podcast and I've hosted some live Facebook shows and I've hosted webinars for for people. And I was involved in in a business club as well that we were supporting our female entrepreneurs and professionals in in Galway. So it has been busy. But if you don't have a sense of purpose getting up in the morning, it's very hard to stay positive, to stay motivated. So for me, what I found is the swim originally was getting me out of bed in the morning because we were going early. We were going at nine o'clock or quarter past nine when the traffic was gone and when it was kind of lighter restrictions. So I had to get out of bed in the morning. There was no reason to stay in bed. But now I feel like it's a reset button. So the alarm clock goes off in the morning at whatever time, seven or half seven in the morning and I'm, I'm out of bed and I'm pottering around the house or whatever. But I might swim at any stage during the day. And the time you swim, it's like a reset button on the body and the mind. So you could be doing something here. You could be writing an article or, or writing something for the podcast or trying to think of questions or, you know, just doing little things and you hit a roadblock. And I find if I go for a swim, that roadblock disappears. It just changes your perspective on the day. You've got the cold water. You've got the serenity of the sea. You're outside your comfort zone because you never really know how you're going to react to the cold water every day. Um, And it just gives me a sense of accomplishment every day as well. And now it is every single day I get into the water. So since the middle of August, I've only missed four days. And that was either through a weather warning where it was dangerous to get in the water or there was something that just caught me on a day that I I couldn't get to the sea. I live two kilometers away from it and I live in Galway for the last 16 years. And this is the first time I've really embraced 
uh, swimming in the sea. Even when I was training um, to do Ironman or to do any triathlons, I really didn't enjoy going to the sea, but it's just a different place now. It's mm. like, I don't know how to describe it. It's very, feels like we're really connected to the, to the earth and to the ocean. We do some full moon swims as well, which people think we're actually tuned to the moon. We get into the water at like eight o'clock at night when it's really dark and we look for the moon um, on a full moon. So it's really, it's very strange. Uh, but from a, a mental perspective, I think it's, it's helped me to cope with uh, COVID and helped me to tell a story as well, I think, because lots of people can't get into the water. So or they're afraid to get into the water. So I think if I share my story about my swimming, that it might inspire somebody else to maybe take it up when it's appropriate to do so. It's, it's, there's two sides to it. So I have a sense of purpose in the sense of I'm, I'm doing it for myself, but I'm doing it for the people who are maybe looking at my social media and it's a story to tell of inspiration maybe for some people are just of like life has to go on even though COVID is, is you know, affecting everybody. Yeah, I love for sure. There are health benefits of cold water immersion. Am I right? Do you know what those are? I don't know offhand, uh, but many people will tell you that it, it stimulates. I think the Wim Hof method is, is the cold water stimulates the vagus nerve, uh, which is a hugely important nerve in the body. I know for my sister, her vagus nerve is, um, is damaged. So the cold water is actually really good for her and for her brain. But from a, from a, um, a physical perspective it's supposed to be really good um apparently for the brown fat if you're a heavier athlete apparently it's good for burning calories uh, getting into the cold cold water um but i think it just heightens your senses it makes everything more alive or something i don't know it's just weird but i love it yeah it yeah. feels like there's an endorphin response sorry right oh, oh well, i was going to say i'm sure there's a neural feedback where because it's such an extreme yeah, I'd be really interested. We have to do some research here. Mm-hmm. You'll just have to come to Ireland, girls. I keep saying it. Come to Galway. Come to Ireland. I'm not saying first person research. I'm all about the look at some <laughs> journals and read those. <laughs> but always put on the paddling pool out in the back garden and fill it full of ice and see what it's like. <laughs> oh, man, I've had enough like post long run ice baths to know that that probably it's not for me on a regular basis, but I can appreciate that the cold water immersion just in general, just from swimming in lakes as a kid or even in triathlon, like that there is a response. Like Mm -hmm. I've definitely been in water where I'm testing it out and going, okay, it's too cold to swim to do a swim workout today. But that, that, like you say, like that response of like waking me up and making me feel amazing. I have felt that before. So there is some level where I totally get it. I think I, if I lived near the ocean, it would be a different situation because there's there's something that's really appealing in the winter, that, that briny smell. Like there's nothing appealing about going down to just kind of a pond or a lake in the winter, but there is like that, that salt, I don't know, there, that smell of the, the ocean is really, it's powerful. Okay, Joanne, tell us, okay, we, we want to hear about this race commentary thing, right? Because for or being a race announcer and also being a female race announcer, because I think it's common across all sports that there's not that many women who do your job. Like, how did you get into your job? And also like, and Sarah's getting into it too. So we definitely want some advice for her. Woohoo! Awesome. Um, I suppose, uh, like, 
getting into race commentary kind of fell into my lap. So I was injured. Uh, I was training for Ironman Ireland in Ironman Ireland 70.3 in 2011, but I had a fracture in my pelvis that I didn't know about. And I was lucky in that the guys that were bringing the race to Ireland contacted me and asked me if I would be interested in doing the race announcing uh, for the race. And I was like, no, 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 I'm training. I am definitely not doing announcing. I'm training, training, training. I've been training since January. Long story short, basically realized about four weeks out from the race that I was injured and I couldn't race. So I gladly took them up on their offer. And the rest is history. I worked Ironman 70.3 dub, uh, Galway in 2011 and then ended up working on the UK circuit from 2012. Was with Mike Riley in Galway for my very first race, which was awesome. And then was with Paul Kay for a couple of years in the UK. And it's just snowballed from there. I've been to Dubai. I've been to Australia. Um, I was supposed to go to Italy and Portugal last year but obviously COVID didn't happen and uh, I was working full-time at the time in fundraising in a kind of a high profile high pressurized environment but really presenting was was what I loved and as part of my role in fundraising I was presenting every second day it was check presentations there was talks there was things to do so I was never afraid of standing up in front of an audience but when you put sport into the mix I was just I just love it and then add people as well so it was just amazing and I gave up my fundraising career in 2015 after being at uh, the Ironman World Championships in Kona really took two weeks out there to just see what it was like and really enjoyed it and just thought this is this is where I want to be I want to be in the thick of the action in, in sport in triathlon and that was it I came back to Ireland I handed in my notice and I basically flew myself from the 1st of January 2016 and where are we now the middle of the end of January 2021 so I work with um, a lot of uh, triathlon events cycling swimming and funny enough gymnastics I absolutely love gymnastics as well uh, I work with the, the governing body here in Ireland but it's afforded me so many opportunities to meet people to connect with people um, I don't ever feel like I'm going to work even when it's a long long day like an Ironman day the athlete's that are out there for 17 hours have a long day but we're even longer um, and then we turn around and do awards the next day and it's a real privilege to be part of somebody's Ironman journey and, and I think that's the big thing for me as well uh, you know you're you're there when they come in and they're they're doing their race briefing and there's questions and if you can feel the the nervous energy from the athletes and you're there on the start line when you're the cannon goes or, or the thunderstruck which is the song that we use in the UK and in Ireland and you can just feel the tension feel the palpable energy from the athletes the spectators and it's your voice that they hear getting in the water it's your voice they hear coming into T1 going into T2 obviously you have a co-announcer with you as well but for the most part a lot of them at the top end of the business will will hear my voice and especially the likes of Sarah from the professional ranks will more often than not hear my voice and then on that finish line you're calling somebody an Ironman. They've been training for months, for years. It's been a race. Maybe that's a bucket list race for them. And you get to be part of that journey where they come down the finish line. It's incredible. Uh, you become part of, of the history that they've made for themselves on the day. And I think that's very, very special. Um, so it is... It looks like it's a real glamorous job, but it's not. It's long days. It's long hours. You have a lot of work on the laptop, a lot of outside work as well, which is obviously great. Um, there aren't an awful lot of women in it, uh, Sarah. Um, but I think it's the nature of the job more so than anything else. I think uh, 
you know, when you're married and having kids, it's just like being in triathlon. It's not a job that's um, that complements a female uh, biologically, really, uh, because you are away from home quite a bit. You are traveling. Um, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of long hours and it, it just doesn't suit. It's a lifestyle choice I think you have to make if you're going to go into it full time like I did. And I think that's one of the big reasons that women don't go into it. I think there are opportunities. There's absolutely loads of opportunities. Um, and I was lucky to get the opportunity at the time. But uh, yeah, it's I just love it. Man, if anybody if anybody's listening on the podcast thinks this sounds like it's for me, you know, please, please think about pursuing it because we do we need more women behind the microphone. It adds a different dimension to commentary. Absolutely. Yeah. Joanne, I'm curious if you've had if you've had virtual opportunities this year or if everything just shut down for you with COVID. We actually have been really lucky in that. Um, so some of the Ironman VR stuff, we've done uh, some stuff there. We did an Ironman social spin with the other announcers with Mike, Paul and Pete. I won. Hashtag just saying the girls beat the boys on our social spin. Very important. Um, <laughs> actually, the silver lining on COVID has been the virtual world. So I've been lucky enough to work um in certain respects uh, on certain projects so some of the governing bodies have held webinars so you can you turn up into your own kitchen and you set up yourself and you you do a webinar for someone that you might never have done it before for because you're you're in Galway and they're in Dublin and it's too expensive for you to travel up or there's no budget for you whereas now you're rocking up in your kitchen and um it just opens up a whole world it's like us recording today um if covid hadn't happened would we even be chatting we probably would but uh you look at the endurance exchange that happened last weekend and they had people from over 50 countries attending it last year i think i had traveled the furthest from ireland or there was an italian maybe i think um so it has opened up opportunities and i think there's definitely an opportunity now in the long term for for more of this type of stuff and webinars and information sessions and even through the podcasts and you know I, I see it even through the business club we've started now doing um lunchtime learnings where we're bringing in members of our club to talk for 20 minutes about what they can offer so for example somebody wants to set up a podcast i'll be like okay i'll talk for 20 minutes on setting up a podcast Somebody wants to know how to do uh, reels on Instagram. There's bound to be an expert in our group that knows how to do reels or TikTok or something that can share information. So yeah, I'm looking at you. Yeah, you know, but um, I, and I think as well, another COVID silver lining is the building of communities. So we can't see each other physically, but even through our Zwift spin that we host, um, that I host with Park Tri and, and Team Ireland Cycling on a Monday night, we've, you know, we're started out on a, on, a, on a journey where we had 30 riders on the very first Monday night. Now we've about 200 minimum signing up from all over the world with athletes from Australia, New Zealand, Denmark, the States, everything on Monday night. But the key thing for us is the chat on Discord or the chat on the Facebook group. And it's just allowing people to, to connect online. And I think that's hugely important. And that's something that we didn't really embrace before COVID. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely going to join this ride because it sounds fun, but I do not have a Discord account, so I'm going to have to sign up. Um, but yeah, so it's it's open to everybody. If you're on Zwift, uh, Joanne talked about it before we started recording. It's a fun hour spin. 
is my my understanding mostly banter uh what, what do you call it a good crack um, a crack yeah c-r-a-i-c yeah, crack <laughs> yeah and it's just you know it, it's a lot of the crew that are cycling with us on a monday will have done a long hard sunday spin or they might be racing in the the tts on a tuesday or the trial in ireland uh, here in ireland on the wednesday so it really is a leg loosener there's a couple of sprints in it if people want to do it if not they they don't have to uh, oliver kind of uh, covers the the 2.2 watts per kg athletes he'll host that group and then i'll look after the sweeper back down towards the 1.5 to 1.8 but it's just it's just fun um and it's one of the things that we look forward to every week uh so i think that has that has definitely opened up opportunities and even hosting facebook live shows you know we've had so many people on a facebook live i never thought i'd be doing a facebook live on on try talking sport to supplement the podcast i would love to have done it but never had the time and that's the other thing we've been given back the time that commuting time that traveling time a lot of us have been given that time back now if you're at home with three or four children and a husband and you're both working full time and you're trying to do homeschooling then you're probably banging your head off the wall going Joanne shut up you don't know what you're talking about (laughs) from a personal perspective I have been given time I never had before you know so yeah it's yeah I love what you said about communities too like even when we're planning say the outspoken summit for this fall right we're looking now at at doing a hybrid event right like so there may be some people who are able to travel to Arizona but there's but also doing the, the event virtually which which like you say like opens up opens it up to how many people can attend or people can drop into sessions or be part of the community in in that way. And like, and also I think people learned technology during this time, right? So the people who previously would have been like, "Uh, I don't know how to work the buttons, right? Everyone had to learn like how to attend a Zoom meeting and how to, you know, like all those, all those meme jokes with like people's dads going like, is this on? (laughs) Like, You're on mute, you're on mute. Yeah, exactly. Like I think people ended up connected that way. And if we can keep that as the world opens up and we start to connect in person again too I think you're right like I love the positive outlook we've gained something but I also think it's made people more accessible so people that would have been out of our reach for example either of you joining a webinar in Ireland for try talking sport or for you know for anything that we're doing or for a club or somebody who wants to do something everybody has become more accessible because it's not about the the travel or the cost because you're you're at home so yes you know you you pay for your time or the expertise of that person that you're bringing in to share their knowledge with but it has opened up opportunities that we would never ever consider pre-covid mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that's I think that people need to re- to look at the positive side of of what's happened with it. And, and COVID is horrendous. I mean, we had a we had a death in our family last uh, a month ago just and it was absolutely horrific. COVID has impacted people so badly across the board um, that it's it's just awful. But on the other side, when we come away from the grief and the heartache that we have, there are positive aspects to it. And I think you know, from a mental perspective, we have to look for the positivity and the joy in every day, because if we don't, we'll go absolutely cracked. Yeah. Sorry, I'm bringing down the tone of our conversation. No, no, but it's... I think it's important that we're positive. And, you know, I I would always have a very positive outlook, but it hasn't been easy. And, And that's part of the swimming for me as well. And the cycling that has kept me, as I said previously, it's given me a sense of purpose. I've achieved something every single day aside from just getting out of bed and not killing myself from doing something stupid 
Do you know what I mean? Right. Well, we, we don't find a lot of meaning from the easy things. It's the challenging things that, you know, we, we grow and we learn about ourselves and others. Yeah. So even coming back to your original way back questions um, about the, how sport has changed me, I think it's made me stronger. I think it's made me more resilient. It's given me a huge opportunity, a whole career. So you could say that sport has completely changed my life and, and it has most definitely 110% changed it for the better. Mm-hmm. And like, it's clear to me that you have a talent for talking and, and commentary. So I feel like it's also helped you. Like, I feel like the world is a better place now because you're in the right job, you know? So at that sport, bringing that all together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you're right as well, Sarah, saying, you know, race announcing and race commentary, they're two very different things. It's one thing to be on the finish line, calling somebody's name and kind of managing all of that aspect and keeping the crowd happy and engaging all of that versus sitting, watching a race, trying to commentate uh, on a race. It's very, very different. I haven't dipped my toes completely into commentary yet. I'm hoping to do that at some point when we get back racing. But the announcing side of it uh, is definitely um, worth pursuing, even on a part time basis. Somebody who locally can do it for their club race. That's, you know, initially how I uh, even before Ironman, that's how how I kind of got into it. And if anybody wants to reach out and, and have a chat with me, they might get a word in edgeways, but I'll happily guide them with some tips. I was doing some stuff with Laura Siddle as well. I was mentoring her at last year um, around race commentary and announcing and things like that. And she's absolutely flying it with what she's doing at the moment. So um, yeah, there's a world of opportunity out there for all of us. Well, so I'm, I, uh, I'm doing some race commentary. I'm starting again next week. But again, like you said, it's, it's this moment we, we're realizing the benefit of having these online platforms. So Zwift has these uh, race series and I got tipped to do the last series. I guess it went well enough that I'm coming back as co-host. Um, really, Matt Lieto does 90% of the work, and I just chime in with the occasional uh, attempt at a joke to make him laugh. Uh, but we we have a great time. It's it's a steep learning curve, though. Um, you know, when when the there was one point where the tech went out for a little bit and we couldn't see what was happening on screen or there was another point where Matt, I couldn't hear him at all. So I just had to fill the time. And you just, I think that's what's good about being an athlete is is you just learn to roll with whatever's happening at the moment. Um, But I would, you know, after, after this podcast, you know, maybe, maybe if you wanted to give me any insider tips, Actually, if you wanted to share it with, with our podcast audience, because there might be some people out there who are interested in this space, race commentary, what, what are your top go-to pointers? Oh, wow. Talk about being put on the spot. Yep. Um, pressure. Well, this is it. Pressure. <laughs> it is constant pressure. And with, te- and with technology, it's additional pressure because I'm sure you're in one location and Matt Lieto's in the other and then the race is happening all online. So if your Wi-Fi goes down or you can't see him or you can't um, hear him, then you are absolutely having to fill the gap. But again, as you mentioned, um, as athletes, we're used to rolling with the punches and being under pressure and having to change our strategy. You have to be on the ball. 
you really have to be on the ball in terms of looking at the things around you and whether that's race commentary or race announcing. So you might for race announcing, you might have an athlete coming down the finish line. You see on their bib that they're a first timer. You're giving them the big, massive hoo-ha. The next thing you'll see maybe another athlete coming down that you recognize they deserve the same level of, of support. And then in the corner of your eye, you see some girl or guy on their knee proposing on the finish line. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to balance. So a lot of balance, a lot of pressure, uh, fly by the seat of your pants also if you're a good storyteller so like Jess where she said she didn't like writing and I see Sarah is nodding her head as well being able to tell a story so to take something so mundane um, and to turn it into something where you're giving people goosebumps that is a, a skill that if you can hone in on that, it's very important. Um, and as a race announcer, generally, you'll be doing the awards as well, or you'll have some impact on the awards, being able to tell the story about how the day unfolded or race commentator, you might be talking about it the previous week's race. So what happened? Are you able to retell the story and tell it in such a way that somebody who missed the race might feel like they actually saw it? And um, so kind of, really just being able to pull everything together, work under pressure, fly by the seat of your pants um, and smile and laugh and joke and be able to tell a joke, Sarah. That's very important. <laughs> the, very the, important. One thing, the one thing I didn't expect is how exhausting it is. I think it's it's because of what you described is that you are trying to pay attention to many things at once, notice the, the details, bring things together, um, you know, in a somewhat cohesive way. And it just at least for me, it used more brain power than I'm used to using. If, if I were on the other side racing, I understand those demands, but I did not. I, I walked away from my first uh, experience behind the mic, realizing I need to give so much more appreciation and gratitude to anybody who takes that role in the future. So I think kudos to piece, you, Joanne. <laughs> the other piece I didn't mention was actually preparation. Oh, that's that's (laughs) why you have to be prepared. You have to have your research done. You need to know like before a race, especially for the professional athletes, for us, and especially for me, I have a Google file and it's updated at every single race. I know every single race that you've done. I've updated, especially with our pro list when they come in, myself and, and Jay would work on that. And we make sure that those race results are correct because we're telling the story about the athlete who's in first place or fourth place or has come from 20th place into fourth and first and whatever so we need to be able to tell that story and it comes down to everything around your microphones yourself having food having drinks knowing where the toilet is it's all these things it's so silly it sounds it but when you're going to bed at 10 o'clock at night on the night before a race and you can't sleep and it's 12 o'clock and you're still awake and you sleep till two and you get up and you're expected to be awake until one o'clock the next morning having done a full day on your feet and trying to think preparation is key and on a morning of a race um i normally am on site maybe an hour before the race starts maybe an hour and a half i have my music playlist down to a t i know exactly what second the national anthem is going to be played at i'm in constant communications with the race referee the race director and the sound guys beside me and my playlist stops at exactly the time i needed to stop where i have 10 seconds to say ladies and gentlemen please now stand for or whatever it is for the national anthem. I play it, it fades out. I then have another 
20 seconds in my schedule to say, let's go people, it's thunderstruck, let's go Ironman, whatever it is or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like it is planned to within a T. Most people think I don't do anything. I just rock up. But no, I'm a total nerd. Preparation is key. And it doesn't always work. Something goes wrong. You, but if you have your plan and if your timings, um, when something does go wrong, like sleeping in on the morning of a race, put your hands up if you did that. Yes, I did. I slept <laughs> in the morning of a race. But because I had everything written down, I knew when I arrived at 6.40 that even though I'd missed 45 minutes of broadcast time uh, live on the, on the start line, I knew where I was at. Press play on my playlist, got everything set up and off we did. Off we went. I just put the, the story together, if you don't mind, just so people don't think I always sleep in. But I had set my mobile phone, my, my second mobile phone and the hotel. <laughs> um, I had rung them and asked them for a wake up call for four o'clock in the morning. It was 70.3. So it was four o'clock in the morning wake up call. My mum was also staying with me in the room and she had her mobile phone set for six o'clock so she could get up to come down and watch the race start. At six o'clock, her phone went and she was like, what are you still doing? I said, what's that noise? She goes, what are you still doing here? I said, what do you mean? And she goes, Joanne, it's six o'clock in the morning. Oh my God. She thought I was going to have a heart attack in the room because I got such a panic. Anyway, I made it down to the start line for six. I think it was 6.30 in the end. Nobody really noticed other than I arrived up and I had the face of the, you know, the duvet mark on your face. <laughs> yeah. I had the duvet mark on my face. I, I was so, I was so shocked shocked and shook I'd never been late before like that in my life that it, it just threw me for the whole day oh my god it's such a horrendous day and all day I was on the back foot I think by about three o'clock I started to relax and I was like okay okay the day is done now the pros are in the age groupers are nearly done think about the award ceremony and let's just breathe but it was oh my god so yeah yeah those things can happen too human error happens too we're not perfect <laughs> wow I feel like Sarah and I could take a few um a few pointers from there because we show up we literally show up and go oh what are we talking about this week and then we make a few notes in a google doc for, for this podcast and then we just start talking so maybe we could uh maybe no, we could that's the beauty it. that's the beauty of it as well though it's different it's different this is fun this is like when you're out riding your bike having fun as long as you've got your puncture repair kit and your water bottle your sound you know um it's you know it's fun Exactly. It would it would be weird if you showed up for a ride with your friend and you had minute by minute discussion points. That would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> now, actually, no, we even do at this signpost when we five k done. Now we're going to talk about um we're going to talk about the race you're doing next week. Now, and at ten k we're going to stop talking about that and we're going to talk about the new saddle you want to buy. <laughs> true you imagine I guess it's like different yeah <laughs> different approaches to different, to different things you got to know your audience you got to work with your audience <laughs> totally totally okay let's take a quick break and then do our I rock because uh before yeah before saying goodbye to Joanne if we were riding is a live feisty media production Sarah and I are truly and grossly thankful for our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Form Swim, and Orca Sportswear. Join the conversation by following us on all the socials at If We Were Riding on Instagram and Facebook, or send me a voice memo to Sarah with no H at livefeisty.com. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Remember that time we were ranked like number 
206th best sports podcast in the Czech Republic. Yeah, that was thanks to you. So leave us a review. We can't wait to ride with you next week. Okay, are we ready for a rock? Because Sarah, do you have one ready? I'm going to ask you first so that Joanne has a minute to think. Not that she needs a minute. It's us. That it's me that needs to think. I need to think as well. What am I going to say? Sarah, why do you rock? Sarah, you always do this to me. Honestly, I thought Joanne was the only person saying why she rocked today. Uh, let's see. I think you should start Sarah. The other Sarah. <laughs> Pressure. Okay. I can't, I actually made a note here. I can start um, because, okay, this week I'm going to say, and I never talk, I actually never talk about parenting. Like somehow my mom identity is like not, it's not front of mind always. That's because you're on TikTok all the time. Yeah. <laughs> People forget I'm a mom. I forget I'm a mom, stuff like that. <laughs> but, but one thing that I, this week I, I rock because I like being a parent, I, I sort of real. I had this realization, like being a parent and COVID, the, the coping strategies for COVID have been s- similar to me and for my business. Like where like you have this creature and they're living in your house and they're like on any given day, especially now my daughter's like starting puberty, they're not the same creature. Like she can come out of her room just like this delightful, amazing person. And like other times she's just like, shut up. <laughs> like the one, one morning, two days ago, I was making her breakfast. She woke up. It was a weekend. She came out of she came out of the room. She said, no, 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 no. <laughs> All the way to the bathroom. It was like, don't do that. The message was like, don't talk to me. Right? So I'm going to go with Iraq because I finally learned how to pivot in parenting, like and to like change my expectations of what and how I'm going to. So like at any moment, I'm like, what is the best way to deal with this new being that is now living in my home? So that is what I'm learning. Wow. Well, you're, you're, you're in for some fun years. <laughs> sure. By fun, I mean, it's going to be a roller coaster. Uh, but yeah, you know, she has a good role model in the house. That's good. Yeah. I hope so. All just right. Keep, just keep TikToking. Just keep getting her in on the TikToks. They're exactly. awesome. They're so much fun. She thinks I'm not cool. Like, yeah, she's like embarrassed. She's like head down. Oh, yeah. mommy, what are you doing? Yeah. I think you're cool, but that's always going to happen. Yeah, you know, she was she was going to reach the age where she just doesn't see your awesomeness yet. <laughs> she'll get back to that point, but there will be a few years where you're just kind of lame. It's just ten years between now yeah. and that. So yeah, I was going to say six. <laughs> I was being optimistic. Six oh, to oh. ten, it's a range. Right. <laughs> oh man, so my. My I rock because I, I know it's, I've done this one, a version of this one before. Uh, but so last Thursday, I had my, my final exam for my psychology course. And no joke, 90 minutes while we were waiting for the exam to load. So it was supposed to load at two o'clock. The exam didn't load because they were having some technical difficulties until 3.30. So I'm sitting there for an hour and a half hitting refresh and I didn't freak out at all. And that's why I rock because anxiety disorder class, I crushed it and I didn't get anxious. But how awful is that? Yeah. I I mean, sitting there for 90 minutes being like, well, 
at some point there's going to be an exam. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it was kind of outrageous. I would probably have taken the laptop and thrown it out the window. Yeah. So they, Joan, you missed so my midterm. I had to wait half an hour. So I did have some practice in this. This is a different time. Yes. Yes. Wow. So that was for the midterm was only half an hour wait. And it was just for me. Uh, the 90 minutes was the entire class. And that was for the, the three hour final. They need to get their shit together over there. I know. What I think they have happening? issues with time management and technology. <laughs> <laughs> we could set them straight. Yeah, they need to consult with you. <laughs> Send them over to me. I'll tell them how to prepare properly. <laughs> okay, Joanne, besides um, amazing preparation, why, why do you rock this week? Oh, I'm rocking this week. Do you know why I'm rocking this week? Because I'm on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Score! No! Oh, I mean, we, we love to hear that, but that's like, okay, no, I... seriously. Okay. Seriously. What did I do this week? Okay. So I rock this week because I did the swim in 3.6 degrees and I embraced it and I enjoyed it and I'm still buzzing from it. And, um, and also I've started, uh, writing down the timings of my day and closing my laptop when I say I'm going to close my laptop I did an interview with an athlete Anna Watkinson who's a pro athlete but she works in finance and her whole life is based around the discipline that she has to be able to do her high-powered finance job plus being a professional athlete and she literally said like I have to put down my pen at a certain time in the day and if I don't the day is gone so I decided to take some of that from Anna and use it this week and I've been actually really productive for a change now if I could just be as disciplined around the biscuit tin then I would be very very <laughs> I'll come back to you the next time when I've that done but yeah definitely the swim and discipline they're the two things this week I think amazing okay Joanne where can um, folks find you if we want to follow you uh, you can find me in Galway in Ireland if you want to come visit <laughs> getting on the airplane when you're allowed but if you can't come to Galway you can find me on try t-r-i talking sports so try talking sport podcast and we do a live show on the Facebook page every Tuesday and we're kicking back kickstarting that again back uh next Tuesday so yeah so try talking sport so it's great fun and um it's great to be in your company as well today for a change and be on the other side of the microphone with no editing and none of that to do <laughs> and just have loads of fun it's been really good for what day of the week is it it's Wednesday it's been the highlight of my week so far oh thank you it's it's been an absolute blast having you on please check out Joanne's podcast and follow her on social media so we can follow her ice swims and live vicariously through her freezing in ocean water uh and we will talk to you next week we look forward to it we know what it takes to be reaching the top